everyone, I'm Ahana. And I'm Celine. And welcome back to another episode at the We, we Are, Are Podcast. Podcast. So today we have a very exciting interview. We are joined by Senator Tom Sullivan. And um, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Uh, my name is Tom Sullivan. I am a, a state senator um, at District 27, which is in um, Centennial. Um, it is the first of a four-year um, Senate um, um, term that I have. Previously, I had served um, four years as a state representative um, for um, House District 37, um, but because of redistricting that we went through two years ago, I got redistricted out of my House seat, and um, the Senate seat um, was wide open, and I um, ran um, for that. Um, um, last, That was my fifth um, campaign. I had previously run for this Senate seat in um, 2016, and I lost. Uh, but then in 18, I ran for the uh, House seat and won and won re-election in um, 20, and then won the um, the Senate seat in 2022. Um, retired postal worker, served um, 28 years um, at the uh, post office. Um, prior to that, uh, I uh, after high school, I was uh, joined um, the U.S. Air Force, so I, I was a, uh, a Vietnam era. Um, a veteran um, in the Air Force, grew up um, in the military. Both my mom and dad um, were in the military. Married, have two kids. Awesome. Oh, that's cool. It's cool to see how much experience you have, like, within the political sector. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience as a representative and what, like, sparked your interest in gun violence? Um, sure, yeah. Um, well, my son, um, Alex, was uh, murdered in the Aurora Theater Massacre, um, celebrating his 27th birthday on July 20th, 2012. Um, so um, after we went through, it took us three and a half years for a trial um, to happen. Um, after the, the theater massacre, um, there was the Sandy Hook um, shooting uh, in December of 2012. Um, I started getting involved, um, going to uh, activities, um, testifying um, on um, the public health crisis that is gun violence. And um, once our trial was finished, um, that had been, like I say, took over three and a half years. Uh, I could see that um, there really wasn't somebody here in the in state of Colorado um, in my district that was speaking out on the subject. And so um, that's what uh, caused me to uh, run for office. Wow, that's very inspirational. And if you're comfortable sharing with us, and of course, like, don't feel any pressure, but you mentioned that you had an experience with gun violence in your personal life. Uh, could you if you're comfortable, elaborate on that experience and explain what that was like for you. Um, well, I mean, you know, we were, um, and especially with it being a mass shooting, um, our um, picture was on um, the front page of 97 newspapers, my wife, uh, my daughter, and myself. Um, the picture actually won a Pulitzer Prize. Um, the coverage that um, the Denver Post uh, gave for that, won them awards. Um, so um, that picture is hanging up in um, the Smithsonian and, and in um, news organizations. You, that picture will come up um, when you um, 
text, you know, or or Google the the Aurora Theater Massacre. It'll show the picture of of my family or what was left of it after um, what happened. Um, yeah, it's, I, I I wasn't um, it wasn't a a um, topic that I thought that, that I was supposed to be fluent in. It wasn't something um, that I had really followed. Um, I you know, as I say, I was in the military. Um, I was in the Air Force. Um, Air Force uh, men don't generally um, carry guns around. We get some training on it, uh, but I was working on airplanes, not um, uh, firearms. So I didn't really have uh, the background on it. Um, after uh, everything, and then um, with, as I say, Sandy Hook, and then becoming involved in it, um, that's what caused uh, me to continue to uh, move forward. And it's, it's it, losing a... Um, uh, a child is 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 much different than um, any other loss. I mean, I had you know my father had passed away. I my my grandparents passed away. I aunts and uncles, and you thought that you understood um, what loss is, and it is um, nothing um, to compare to um, watching your child's um, body. Um, go into the ground and um, I didn't have anybody um, that's something that I didn't learn from my parents or or from somebody else and so uh, it was incumbent upon me and my and my wife and my daughter um, to go through that experience together and then um, kind of try to be a force um, for our relatives and, um, you know, our nieces and nephews and cousins um, who knew Alex and, you know, try to help them through the situation. Wow. I'm, I'm incredibly sorry that you had to go through that. That's just absolutely horrible. Um, but it's really empowering to see how you've taken such a large role in gun violence prevention efforts. And I think a lot of people can just learn from like your experiences and, you can inspire a lot of people. So um, what are some current like trends or patterns that you have like recognized with gun violence? Uh, I mean, we are making some progress. And, and like you say, I mean, people who have been um, directly impacted, um, those I, I have found, you know, it's been, you know, 355 Fridays um, since um, Alex was murdered along with 11 others. And in that time, it's it's become really evident to me that the strongest voices um, on the subject are those who have been directly victimized and impacted by it. Um, we appreciate um, everybody else, all of the activists and, and all of that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, they still get to go home to their families and um, get, you know, don't don't deal with um, the day to day um you know, trauma, um, anxieties, depression, uh, anger, frustration, um, you know, that we do. Um, so, I mean, but, but more people have become aware of it. I mean, you know, uh, you know, 11 years ago, um, there wasn't, uh, you know, there were just a couple of small groups, uh, Brady, um, um, and here in Colorado, Colorado ceasefire, uh, some groups that had started after, uh, the Columbine shooting and after, um, the assassination attempt of, uh, President Reagan. Um, you know, I mean, he didn't even, we didn't even have a victim's rights, um, bill in the United States. 
Uh, it took, uh, you know, assassination attempt on one of our presidents who then became a victim of gun violence uh, for us to do something about it. Um, so it's certainly changed quite a bit. Um, it's out in the public. Um, more and more people are aware of it. And uh, conversely, more and more people are impacted by it. Um, the day um, that Alex was murdered um, for the year of, of 2012, um, there was approximately 30 to 31,000 people who had died of gun violence. Um, here we are in 2023. We've made a lot of progress. Um, we've passed legislation. Um, there's lots more uh, money involved in it. Um, but the uh, death rate is over 44,000 people um, a year die in the United States um, by guns. Yeah, definitely. I think that is an important thing to note, just how increasingly prevalent it's becoming in our society. Um, and you talked a little bit about the mental health aspect and how it's becoming very tolling, especially for the people who have personal experience with it. So could you just elaborate a little bit on the mental health struggles you believe our community or personal victims of gun violence have faced? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's there. Um... I mean, I, again, I had no idea. I thought I knew how to handle, um, you know, death in the family, but um, you don't when it comes to, you know, a, a, a child. And it's, um, I mean, even, even in, I mean, here we are on one side with a mass shooting that everybody um, knows. And, uh, you know, when you tell them, you know, July 20th, 2012, the Aurora Theater, um, people, you know, can can remember where they were that day and they know about that. Um, but, you know, also on that day, another 120 people, um, you know, died by gun violence uh, in our country and we don't know anything about them. And that doesn't mean that they weren't impacted the same way um, that my family was. Um, where there's lots of um, um, services that are out there, um, but just to say this is a mental health issue, um, really, uh, isn't, isn't enough. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very complex issue. Um, and it, there's so many different things, um, that, um, we need to look at and can work at to help, you know, solve that. Um, but, um, you know, we lean on, you know, one another. I mean, it, it's, I've been in rooms with, you know, other, survivors and victims and you know and quite frankly it's one of the more comfortable rooms um that i'm i'm in because um they all understand we don't have to explain uh to one another uh what we're going through because um we're all kind of going through it together yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think it is as you said definitely a complex issue and we have to address it from like many different ways from like the mental health and then prevention efforts. So I totally agree with that. Um, and speaking of like prevention efforts, so what are some like recent events like past bills or legislation that have been like really impactful in fighting gun violence? Well, I mean, like you say, I mean, it, this goes all the way back. I mean, it's, you know, it's education um, systems. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, feeding, you know, people, it's, it's safe housing. It's um, living in a, you know, having the ability to know that, you know, you live in a, a safe neighborhood. So it's lighting. It's that kind of stuff. It's after school activities. Um, the most dangerous time in America 
uh, for children is is between the hours of 2.30 and 4 o'clock. That's the time after school when they don't have any uh, supervision with them. That's when they get in, into trouble and that's when, you know, they can go go awry. So we need to have programs and 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 that, that type of stuff for it. As far as, you know, gun violence prevention legislation, yeah, we're passing things, um, you know, like, you know, our extreme risk protection order that temporarily mm-hmm. removes a firearm from somebody who's deemed to be a danger to themselves or other. Um, we've notated uh, safe storage. Um, things like lost and stolen. Um, we've done, we've opened up uh, an office here in the state of Colorado, the Office of Gun Violence Prevention, that's through our public health department that is going to um, look into all of the um, um, ways um, that they can help with this. And, and because data is so uh, important and, you know, violence interrupter programs, you know, inner city programs, um, our suicide rate in, in um, you know, Colorado. We're in the top 10, you know, of suicides. Um, and it's uh, predominantly um, in our rural um, uh, districts. And our rural districts are um, run by, um, you know, re- members of our opposition who, who refuse to acknowledge um, the, the suicide rate in their own districts. These are their constituents um, who are killing themselves. So, um it's, it's an uphill battle, but it's one um, that uh, I, I think we're, we're moving forward on. Yeah, definitely. And just going off of that, what are some things you would like an average person to know about gun violence, um, such as misconceptions or just things that are going on that you feel like people should be aware of? Well, I, it's, it's, it's not all, you know, it's not all mass shootings. It's not all assault weapons. Um, I mean, the reality of, you know, and it's saying it's not all school shootings. I mean, let's, you know, they, of that, uh, you know, 42,000 uh, people that uh, died by gun violence, you know, last year, uh, of that number, uh, about um, 3,200 of them um, were children, okay? And of that, only 3% of them had that happen in a school, okay? I mean, so so the reality of the situation is, Actually, our schools are the safest places for our kids. When you wake up in the morning, you should be rushing your child to school. You should be getting them out of their houses, out of their out of the cars, out of the parks, out of, you know, walking up in, you know, the movie theaters, all of that, because that's where they're dying. OK, they're not dying in 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 schools to the to the point where this is, you know, a crisis. Yes. Any ch- any child that dies, any student that dies from gun violence is a tragedy. And it's the same thing with, with assault weapons. Um, they're all, you know, talking we need to ban, you know, assault weapons. Well, assault weapons make up for less than 5% of the 435 million firearms that are out in the community. I mean, if you're going to, 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 to ban them, what are you going to do about the other 95% of the firearms that are out there. Assault weapons uh, account for less than 3% of, of, of that uh, 42,000 that were killed. Well, what is the plan to, to do something about the other 97% of people who are killed day in and day out, you know, by handguns and, and, and rifles in our communities? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's super important that we talk about that and i think that's a common thing among all the people that we've interviewed they've noted that 
um, it's not just the mass shootings, it's not just the school shootings, majority of the people who are impacted by gun violence are through other means, and I think bringing attention to that is super important. Yeah, because there's yeah, so many... Two, two-thirds, two-thirds of all gun deaths are suicides. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, it's, that's a fact. So why we, so we have, we just passed a three-day waiting period. Because the most lethal means of, of, of killing yourself is with a firearm. There's a better than 90% success rate if you do that. So what the point of a waiting period is, is to give that person some time or give them family or friends some time to know maybe what that person is contemplating doing. And, and that's what we can do. And what that does is that causes others who aren't going to have that ideation that they have to wait. And quite frankly, I'm okay with waiting. If, if, if I have to wait three days and it saves a life, I'm going to do it. And I would hope that the rest of the people would think that way. I mean, we do it when we get on our, on our airplanes, right? For the last 20 plus years, we've had to take our shoes off because one person thought they were going to make a bomb in their shoes. I'm not going to make a bomb in my shoes, and I can tell you that, um, but I still have to take take my shoes off so that we don't have that problem. It's the same thing with waiting periods. Absolutely. That's a really good point to bring up. I think, like, waiting periods can be so beneficial, and if it's even just saving one life, then that alone is enough and worth it. So, um, One life matters. One yeah, life matters. Absolutely. Yeah. What are some institutional changes that you would want to see to help youth fight gun violence? Uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, we're working on, you know, those, those types of things. I mean, it's, 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 it's again, it's, it's a big, um, there's all kinds of ways. I mean, we need to make sure that, you know, like SNAP benefits, like you say, um, you know, school lunches, um, those uh, things, you know, jobs and stuff. Uh, one of the sayings that I hear is, you know, there's nothing that stops a bullet better than a job. I mean, so you have to give people a, a future so that they don't go down that road of, of thinking that they need a firearm. Um, you know, we need to, you know, all of those things, you know, housing um, makes it and, and making sure that people get to stay in their housing. We've, we've found that, you know, this I was reading an article about gentrification of neighborhoods when they move people out of their neighborhoods that they've been into for that long time. It causes, you know, agitation and it causes, you know, and that type of stuff, you know, leads to, uh, you know, instances of gun violence. So, I mean, it's a big, you know, problem. And, and you know, when we are up to the task and any of the big problems that we've, you know, been working on in this country have taken time. I mean, we're, we're still fighting, you know, civil rights. We're still fighting, you know, on voting rights. We're still fighting, you know, on women's rights. Um, there is no quick fix to this. Um, but, you know, hopefully we can get, you know, people to agree that, you know, it is a public health crisis and that we can do something about it. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is definitely a long battle that we have to fight to, you know, even helping this issue. Um, and just to go off that, are there any legislative actions or bills that you are aware of for the upcoming legislative season session, not season, <laughs> that the public should be aware of? Well, we're going to continue to work, you know, the on, on the, the types of issues that we've worked um, on in the past. Um, there's, um, like I say, that Office of Gun Violence Prevention. 
um, they're out um, promoting um, our extreme risk protection order. We passed that um, bill um, in in 2019, and we had to enhance it last year. Um, and we need to get people to realize that it's out there. I mean, like, you know that you sh- shouldn't be speeding through a school zone because there's signs up that say and flashing lights that say it's 20 miles an hour and that causes you to slow down. We don't have that type of um, information out there when it comes to things, you know, like a, an extreme risk protection order. Mm-hmm. When someone is is in uh, that kind of a situation, um, they don't know where to turn or or, or where to go. Um, so we're going to be doing uh, more to um, get that information out there to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really interesting that you brought that up because we're actually working with Colorado Ceasefire and they like host these workshops to basically like inform people about things like ERPOs and like how you can actually use them because like even though they're there, I think plenty of people don't know like how to actually use them in dire situations. So it's important to like educate people on that. Um, so what are some ways that you and other representatives are working to prevent gun violence or like deal with the after effects of it? Well, I mean, the after effects of it, I mean, you've, you've got, I mean, and that's one of the, the things again is to um, bring up how much it, you know, it costs. Um, you know, it's, it's, if, if I can't get you to um, want to, be active on uh, gun violence prevention uh, because of the loss of life, um, then maybe I can uh, tell you some of the figures um, about how much it costs our community. And uh, we're looking at it, you know, somewhere in the $6 billion uh, a a year um, um, amount. I mean, and that's people getting, getting injured. That's, you know, loss um, work, that's mental health um, services, that's, um, you know, all, all of um, those those types of things. It's just a tremendous uh, strain on our uh, communities and on our uh, economy um, because of, of gun violence. And so we need to make, you know, people aware of that. And um, number one, make sure that we've got you know, the services there for them, but then try to remind people, well, you know, if we can reduce, you know, our suicide numbers, that reduces, you know, the cost, uh, you know, to that community as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and is there like any, or of course there are ways that people can help with gun violence prevention efforts, but are there anything in specific that you think the average person could do today to help with the gun violence prevention efforts? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just like anything. I mean, you only have to, you're only voting once a year, but you should be, you should, you know, keep up with what is going on. Um, and that, that doesn't mean you have to be as immersed in, in it as, as somebody like, you know, like I am. Um, but um, you can check all of the, the websites for, you know, like every town uh, for, um, uh, every town for uh, uh, gun violence prevention, um, the Giffords, um website brady has a great website there's always you know information on there um stay uh, alert with uh, your local um legislators i mean and this is even on the municipal level on your city council um meetings your uh, your your mayoral uh, races your school board races um you need to talk with them uh, about you know things um that are happening um you know they want to you know i don't think we need to be fortifying our schools 
um, in, in, in the way um, that we have. But that's the, the, the road they seem to be going down. It's now a $3 billion a year uh, industry um, for some kind of uh, school safety. So you need to check with your school board and find out what they're doing and, um, you know, um, how you can get involved in that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you can follow, uh, you know, um, you know, legislators like myself, uh, you know, at my, on my website and my Twitter and X and Instagram accounts and stuff. And we put out information, you know, on a, on a really regular basis. Yeah, we'll definitely put all of those resources in our bio of this episode as well so that people can access that. And um, thank you for sharing that. I think education is one of the biggest Mm -hmm. steps towards making a difference and making sure people know what's going on around them is Mm -hmm. a big important thing that everyone should be able to do for themselves. Yeah. Um, And then just to kind of end off, all our questions what are some ways that people can protect themselves against gun violence and basic rules people should be aware of given the current state of gun violence well i mean you know i mean it's 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 the basic rules of of keeping yourself safe you know in anything i mean and and as even as hard as you try to do that i mean it's like you know you don't you know, don't hang around with knuckleheads. You know, I mean, you know who they are. Um, you know, I mean, that's who I, they didn't come around my house, you know, so, um, you know, you, you, you know, you stay out of, you know, dangerous situations. You need to learn, you know, how to, you know, um, deescalate, you know, dangerous situations and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, the regular things that we've always taught, you know, everybody how, um, to do and, and that, but, um, it's it's moving up to a, a higher level here in the last you know decade because of the proliferation of firearms into our society. I mean, they're they're selling over you know nearly two million firearms every single month uh, in the United States. I mean, and that you know it it it, it was peaking during um, you know the COVID uh, pandemic, and uh, you know it really hasn't let off since then. So you need to understand. You know, someone cuts you off in 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 traffic. Um, you know, you don't beep your horn and yell at them or anymore because you need to think that you know they've probably got a gun in their car, and mm-hmm. you know, so you just need to kind of back yeah. off because again, that's another thing we're seeing. Road rage is at an all time high, and people are killing one another over it. So um, it's it's the basic things, um, but then you have to kind of think with. The proliferation of them continuing. I mean, that's that's the fear mongering that has been um, accentuated by um, the gun industry and the Republican Party is, you know, oh, you just have to have a gun on you. And, and you know, now then you'll be safe and then nobody will be able you know, to do anything to you. And, you know, that's just clearly um, not the case. We've, there's there's more that, uh, guns in the United States than there are uh, Americans. And we're still, um, you know, losing, you know, 40,000 people a year to gun violence. So mm-hmm. I don't know what their, their number is uh, for how many firearms we need to have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we just want to thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. Do you have any last comments before we end the interview? Uh, no, it's, I, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the uh, the um, interest um, that um, you know students like yourself um, are uh, are taking on this, and I want to kind of temper you um, through this. This is a difficult, difficult um, topic um, to talk about. Um, 
there's generally um, a, a time frame of somewhere, you know, seven to 10 years um, because you, you know, deal with, you know, death and tragedy and, and, and all of that so much. Um, it's not like, you know, climate change. Um, there are no, you know, trees that look like the little boy that lives across the street from you that, you know, was was killed, um, you know, by his uh, by his father or, or something like that. And that that takes a toll on on people. But you do need to be aware of it. And I, and I see more and more um, young people are aware of it. I mean, you're the ones that are going to help us, um, you know, uh, change this. Uh, you're the ones who um, when you become parents and, and grandparents, um, hopefully we're, we're at a point where, um, you know, the gun population has gone down and uh, you found a way to get rid of, you know, your dad's and, and your grandpa's firearms when um, they passed on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for saying that. I think it is really important to get the younger people involved in this yeah. issue. And we just admire you very much and, you know, your strength through all the adversity you faced and mm -hmm. turning it into something that could be beneficial for future generations is extremely admirable. Yeah, thank you so much for um, agreeing to do this interview with us. We've both learned so much, and I hope our viewers do as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, you have a great You bet. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. Take care. You have too. a good day. Okay. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye.